Hello, welcome back to Bible Education Institute Children's Corner. We are here today to first review the Ten Commandments, explain why the Ten Commandments are so very important to understand and know, and then to begin a um, multi or many part of explaining what Jesus has done for our lives to help us um, because we're all sinners. Um, so parents just know that I will be reading directly from the New International Version when I read Luke 22 today. Um, I, we do that because it's important for children as well as adults to read directly from the Bible um, so that the, it's not added or taken away from. And then as I read it, I will explain what each section means. Um, so without further ado, let's get started. All right. So we're going to review the, first, the Ten Commandments that we talked about before. And they are taken from Exodus 20, verses 3 through 17. The first one is that you shall have no gods before me. In other words, there really is only one God, and that's God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that another time. You shall have no carved image. In other words, don't have a statue or anything that you worship. You should only be worshiping God who's, who's alive. Do not take the name of the Lord God in vain. Don't use his name as a common word. Don't use his name as a swear word, as a bad word. Um, four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We talked about how the Sabbath day is a day that you um, rest because God created the world in six days and then rested on the seventh. And you also spend additional time, extra time with God um, more than you would every other day. And then five, I always jokingly say the fifth one is my favorite because that's honor your father and your mother. And that one comes with a promise. It says so that your days will be many. Um, six is do not murder. And we talked about how murder is also, you can think it in your head because God knows our thoughts. Um, seven is do not commit adultery. Uh, that's where you keep yourself um, for yourself until the special someone that you meet when you get to be an adult. Eight is do not steal. That means don't take anything. Um, that doesn't belong to you, um, whether it be small or big. Nine is do not lie about your neighbor. Um, they call that bear false witness in the Bible. Um, and 10 is do not covet. Basically, in the Bible, it talks about do not covet, covet a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and it talks about your neighbor, and we talked about how your neighbor is basically anybody that's not you. Your neighbor doesn't have to be the person who lives just next door to you or above you if you're in an apartment. Um, so the Ten Commandments are God's law, and it is important that we understand what they are 
because it's important to know that because we're human and we're born in sin, um, because of a story, uh, not a story, but something that happened with the two first people that God created, and that was Adam and Eve. Um, they disobeyed God and they didn't do what God asked them to do um, in the Garden of Eden that they had given, uh, that God had given to them to take care of. And God had told them, do not eat of a certain fruit um, of a tree that was in the center of the garden. At least I think it was the center. And they did anyway. Um, Eve was the first one to eat of the fruit. And then she gave some to Adam who also ate. And it was at that time that sin entered into the world. And sin is when we go against God and what he wants. And so that was the first sin that took place. And because of that sin, we were separated from God. And that's why what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks is so very, very, very important. Because unless we understand this truth that we're going to talk about, um, you're going to be separated from God. And, um, and it's not going to be fun. So anyway, um, parents, as I said, I'm going to read directly from the Bible. We're going to start with um, at the end of Jesus's mission for his what he was doing uh, when he was telling people about his father in heaven um, and when he was teaching and, and instructing people on how to live. Um, this is at the end of that time period just before he did something spectacular for us, something really, really cool. So um, the reason we did the Ten Commandments is because uh, we're born into sin, with the exception of Jesus. Um, at Christmas, we celebrate Jesus's birth, and Jesus doesn't have sin in him. He did not have sin because his daddy was not a man, but rather the Holy Spirit. A little bit more for you to understand, but it um, the sin comes through um, man, and Mary was a virgin. That means she didn't have a boyfriend or anybody that, you know, they were close. So there was no sin in Jesus. He was a pure, without sin person, and he lived his whole life without sin. He didn't do any of those things. Ten Commandments. He listened to his parents. Even at one point where his mom asked him to do something that he wasn't sure he was supposed to do just yet because he didn't know if it was the right timing, he did not disobey his mom. He honored her and he did what um, she asked him to do. So that's huge. That's really huge because it. He here he is, the son of God, um, listening to his human mommy and doing what she asked because God's word says honor your father and your mother so we're at the point where Jesus is about to do something really huge and he knew he was going to be doing this thing and we'll soon read that at one point he kind of wished he didn't have to but he wanted to do what God his father in heaven wanted him to do so I'm going to be reading chapter 22 from Luke out of the New King, I mean, no, not New King James Version, the New International Version, because a Bible, there are different translations, and it's very important that you're careful about which 
translation, which is the way that it is taken from the original language, um, which one you read, because some of them, they do add and take away from stuff and they change what God wrote through man. Um, they change it and that's not a good thing. So I've been told that the new international version is an okay one to use. And so I'm going to use that one for chapter 22 of Luke. Okay, Luke is a book of the Bible in the New Testament. The Old Testament is where they talk about when Jesus does come, like they talk about what, what's going to happen when he does come, and he has, he's not living there. The New Testament talks about Jesus' birth and the time after Jesus is born. So you have the Old Testament and the New Testament, and there's different books. Um, this one is Luke. And in the New Testament, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke. So it's the third book of the New Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay. So Luke 22. This says Judas agrees to betray Jesus. That's the title of the section. And that's just uh, betray is a big fancy word for um, to not have his back, to, to give him up to somebody else, to tattle on him, and to, um, to give him over to other people because there were some mean people that wanted to, to get Jesus because they were jealous of how people were following him. And so Judas, which was one of the 12 uh, um, disciples, one of the uh, apostles, the ones that were with Jesus, that he picked, he went around in the earlier years of his ministry, he went around and picked these people on purpose because that's who God wanted him to have with him. And Judas was one of them. And they, he went by Judas Iscariot. And uh, no, it wasn't scary, but it sounds kind of like that. But Judas Iscariot. And, um, and we'll read and we'll talk about what that all happened. What happened. So it says, chapter 22. Now the feast of the unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. Okay, so the Passover is a special um, meal that they had in remembrance, in remembering um, a time when God's people were in um, Egypt and they were slaves. And there was a special dinner that happened and God told his people what they needed to do to make it so that they weren't harmed and, and hurt. And because God took them out of there. So it was a special, special dinner. And it happened every single year. And um, this time, um, it was happening again. And there were people that wanted to get rid of Jesus. Because like I said, they were jealous of him. They were upset because people were following Jesus and not wanting to be with the king. Or listening to the king. So, um, 
It says, then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and to the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He continued and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. So basically, um, Satan took over kind of Judas's body and mind and made him go and tattle on where Jesus was and and foretelling these people because these guys were the ones that didn't want Jesus um, to be. Um, he didn't want the people to follow Jesus. So they were looking to um, get rid of him. And so um, Judas went to them and said, you know, for money, I'll make a plan and I'll give him over to you. And so that's exactly what happened. So we're going to read on and it says the last supper. And this is like we talked about. It's the dinner that they had in remembrance of the time that um, God helped his people out of Egypt. And it says, then came the day of the unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished, make preparations there. Okay, so Jesus is telling two of his 12 disciples, which were Peter and John, to go find the room. Even though J Jesus knew where the room was and everything, he told them to go find that room and start making it ready. You know, that's what preparation is, to get it ready. And so they did that. And they went to the town that Jesus told them. And they saw the guy with the jug of water. And they followed him to his house. And they went to this upper room. And they left and found things just as Jesus told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles, which were the 12 disciples that were with him, well, 10, because Peter and John were already there, um, reclined at the table. So the 10 plus Jesus joined Peter and John. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again for the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, hey, This is the cup of the covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. 
but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decre decreed, but woe to the man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Jesus knew who it was, and we talked about how that was Judas. He's going to betray him. That means he's going to go against him. He's going to give him over to the um, chief, um, chief priests. And he's going to give them over. But if you pay attention to what I read, Jesus tells them that he's going to suffer. So Jesus knew that this was something that was going to happen because his father in heaven had told him. And he knew that he was going to have to suffer. And I know this is a lot to understand, but remember, Jesus is without sin. And back then, they did things called sacrifices to God. And they took um, the sacrifices that were pure, without blemish, without a mark, without scars, and gave them to God. Well, Jesus knows that he is going to be that sacrifice. And he also knows that it's not going to be an easy thing. It's not going to be um, something that is going to be pleasant. It's going to be very painful. And it's going to hurt him a lot. So going on, it also says, also they just, the dispute arose among them as to which of them considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be the least like the youngest, excuse me, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you, the one who, as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as the Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. This is where, first of all, the first part was talking about how Jesus was showing the disciples that they need to serve. They need to be there to help other people. 
And then he told Peter, who was of a great faith and believed in Jesus Christ, he told Peter that he was going to deny Jesus, even knowing him. He was going to not have his back. He was going to turn away from Jesus and tell people that he didn't even know who he was. And Peter didn't believe that of himself. He was like, oh, no, oh, I won't do that. I won't do that. But let's read on. Verse 39, this is where Jesus prays on the Mount of Olives. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So basically, it says that he went to the Mount Olives. Now, it's not a place that he's never been before. It says he's been there before, okay? So he's going there to pray. It's a, it's a place where he really feels close with God, and he prays and talks to his Father in heaven. Okay. He already knows what God wants him to do. But because he knows how difficult it's going to be and how painful it's going to be, he cries out to God and is like, please, if there's any way, take this from me. But then he says, not my will, but thine be done. That's a way of saying, yes, I don't want to have to go through all this, but if I do, I get it. I'll do what I got to do. And so Jesus prayed that and he was praying so hard. Um, but as you'll see, God basically tells him, you have to go through this as a living sacrifice for my people. Okay. And so when he rose from, this is verse 45, when he rose from prayer, and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. So being human and tired, they fell asleep as they were supposed to be praying with Jesus, even though he wasn't right next to them. They, he was close enough. They could see him, okay? It was like as far as you could throw a rock, okay? Um, so he woke them up and was like, please, please, you need to pray. So here's where it comes that Jesus gets arrested. It says, while he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and a man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. So remember, Jesus told them at dinner, that one of you is going to betray me. That means you're going to go against me. And this is the time. And it was Judas Iscariot. And Judas is leading these people. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, 
Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw that what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Ooh, yucky. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed it. So he put the ear back on and healed it. So it was like nothing ever happened. So again, here's proof that Jesus is who he says he is. Okay? So Jesus didn't want for there to be them fighting and, and, and going against this because he knew that his father wanted for him to have to go through this. So he was like, no, 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 no. Let them do what they got to do. Okay? Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who came for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Okay? And in the Bible, it talks about light and dark darkness and a lot of times when they're speaking of darkness they're speaking of the evil and this is when the evil reigns and reigns is a big fancy word for happens okay so remember we talked about how jesus at dinner was telling peter that you're gonna you're not you're gonna disown me you're not gonna say that you know me and peter was like oh no not me listen to this in verse 54 it says, then seizing him, which means taking him, they led him away and took him into a house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. That means he said, no. Women, woman, I don't know him, he said. So he denied him. He said he did not know him. All right, so that was one time. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, replied Peter. Second time. Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Okay, that means Peter was remember, was reminded when the crow crowed, when the rooster crowed. Um, he remembered what Jesus was telling him at dinner, where he Jesus told him, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're gonna deny me three times, deny knowing me. You're gonna pretend like you don't know who I am three times." And then you're going to hear the rooster crow. Well, Peter was so upset with himself. He felt so guilty. Kind of like when children, yourselves, um, 
um, or even adults, when they do something that they know they really shouldn't do, um, they feel guilty. They get nervous, they get upset, they sometimes have upset stomachs, um, they might cry, they might get, you know, they just, they just don't feel right because they know that what they did was wrong. Kind of like when your um, parent or guardian tells you, oh, don't have anything before dinner because it'll ruin your it'll ruin your appetite. I don't want you to have a snack because it'll, it'll make it so you don't want to eat all your dinner and you sneak one anyway. Well, that's not honoring your parents. So that's the fifth commandment. Um, and usually uh, uh, children will feel really guilty about that. And they start worrying about, are they going to get caught? And they start wondering, um, and they might have an upset stomach, or they might get a headache, or they might not want to be around people because they don't feel good, because they know that what they did was wrong. Okay, well, that's what happened with Peter. And Peter was so upset with himself that he left and went out and began to cry a lot because he knew that what he had did was wrong, what he did was wrong. And then it says the guards mocked Jesus. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. So they were being a bully. They were picking on him. They were being mean to him. They were hurting him. And Jesus, when he stood before Pilate and Herod, it says in verse 66, at daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law met together. And Jesus was led before them. If you are the Christ, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you then the Son of God? He replied, You are right in saying I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. And basically what they're saying is, exactly what Jesus said, they're not going to believe him. So they're saying this is blasphemy or this is going against God. And they don't need for him to talk or tell anybody else about his story. Um, so what we read today, the main, main part of it is Jesus was pure without sin. And... Judas Iscariot, one of his 12 disciples, or otherwise known as apostles, because they were actually with Jesus, gave him up because Satan, who is against God, um, kind of made him do it type thing. So Judas went against Jesus and gave him over to those that were jealous of Jesus. So we're at the point where Jesus basically says, yes, I am the son of God. And 
they're looking at that as, whoa, I can't believe you said that. And we'll find out more next time we get together. Um, so again, the Ten Commandments shows that we are sinners. Jesus was never a sinner, and he never sinned the whole, about 33 years of his life. And like I said, even that one time when his mom asked him to do something, um, he wasn't sure it was really his right time, but because God wants us to honor our parents, he did what his mom asked him to do so that he wouldn't sin. If he had said, no, I'm not doing that, that's not honoring your parent, which means he would have sinned. And then all of this would be for nothing. The fact that Jesus was without sin, he did nothing wrong and wasn't born with any sin, and he did nothing wrong in the 33, about 33 years of his life, is huge. It's way huge. And we're going to learn what he did for us and how important it is. Now, in earlier videos, you might have remembered we had some guests. The first one was Babar. Oh, hello there, everybody. I was listening to Mommy read the, read the Bible uh, from um, Luke uh, chapter 22. And uh, I was talking about how Judas was a meanie and, and gave Jesus over to the people that wanted to hurt him. And also about how Peter even though he thought he would never, ever, ever deny Jesus and say that, you know, he wasn't with him, he would support him right to the end, he said. Well, Jesus said that that wouldn't be the case, and sure enough, it wasn't the case. Jesus was right. Yeah, I remember that, too. I'm Flamingi. Hey, Babar. Hey, Flamingi. Yeah, I remember that, too. So... Why are we reading it right out of the Bible again? Oh, we're reading it directly from the Bible because it's important that the children and adults of today realize that the Bible is true and that when we read it from the Bible, we are understanding what God really wants us to know. Oh, I get it. And also, reading it directly from the Bible helps... Uh, children to understand that it really is God's word and what God wants us to know. Yeah, because sometimes when you read the story books that the children books have and stuff, they might think it's just a regular story like Humpty Dumpty or or a story like the Red Riding Hood. Yeah, where it's kind of made up. But the Bible's not made up, is it? Nope, it's not made up at all. It's the truth. Oh, that's really cool. So, what are we going to do next week? Well, I think the story is going to get even more difficult, uh, more a little scarier, and and uh, and we're going to learn more about what Jesus did for us. Yeah, because I understand what he did for us. It's huge. Yes, it's very big, and uh, and it wasn't easy either. Even though he was the Son of God. It wasn't easy. He felt the difficultness of everything that went down. And uh, and we should really love him for that. 
because he literally, literally, we'll find out next week, he literally gave his life for us. What's literally mean? Uh, it means the real truth. Exactly. Uh, it's it, For real, he did it. Wow. He must really love us. Oh, yes. Most definitely. And you know God loves us. His Father in Heaven loves us just as much as Jesus does because that's his only son. You mean Jesus was God's only son? Yep. And God allowed for Jesus to go through this difficult time so that we can be able to hang with God for eternity, forever and ever. Wow, this is way cool, guys. Ladies, I hope you understand all this because it is way cool. Yep, and we'll learn more next time. I know these are a little bit long, but we're breaking it into little pieces, and that's what takes forever. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, well, if it's too long, you can always stop it and then start it back up again. Yeah, that's a good idea, Flamingi. Yeah, sometimes that happens with me. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, you guys have a good week. Take care and know that God loves you. Yep, know that God loves you. All right, so yes, this does, this did take a little bit of time, but again, it's very important to remember that Jesus was without sin, which means he never went against what God wanted him to do, and what he does for us in the next section, you'll find out. If you want to email and ask questions or say anything, the email address we have is B-E-I-C-H-I-L-D-R-E-N-S-C-O-R-N-E-R at gmail.com. Okay, and I'll sign that. Okay, that's B-E-I-C-H-I-L-D-R-E-N-S-C o r n e r at i don't know how to sign at g m a i l dot c o m okay so that stands for bei is bible education institute which is the um, church affiliated or a big part of um, where the Children's Corner comes from. Um, Bible Education Institute, the pastor of that is my husband, Henry Kelly, Reverend Henry Kelly, and, um, and I'm his wife, Mrs. Kelly. Usually I introduce myself in the beginning and I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> All right. May God bless you and have a great day or a week. <laughs>